Hey, thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. you today. One of our core values from the very beginning, it wasn't even an intentional core value. Um, one day I was preaching the sermon. I don't even remember the sermon. It was very early on in my pastorate. And it wasn't even in my notes. And out of nowhere, I just said, we pray big prayers to a big God and we expect big results. And, and it just kind of caught and people started saying it, and it became a core value. It became something that we wrote down on paper and said to ourselves, that's who we are. We will be a church who prays big prayers to a big God, and we expect big results. But you know this word big? <laughs> when you say we're going to pray big prayers, you know what that means? It means that the thing you're praying for is laughable. It means it seems impossible. It means that if this were to happen, it would be against all odds. And I don't know about you, but there's things in, in, maybe there's things in your life that seem laughable. And some of the things over the course of the last 6 to 12 to even 18 months, the things that I'm beginning to sense the Lord impressing upon me for the future of Victory Church, I'm just like, okay, God. Okay, yeah, okay. And maybe there's things in your life that even the thought of them makes you laugh on the inside. You're just like, I just, how is that possible, you know? And how, how do we not only pay off our debt of $4.5 million, but how do we even begin to dream about building an Edmond campus that's going to take 12, 10 to $13 million more dollars? How, 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 okay, God, mm-hmm, okay, that's laughable. And how do we even think about expanding beyond that and, and asking God to provide and to grow and to expand all that he's doing? And I don't know what seems laughable to you. Maybe, maybe it seems laughable that your marriage could ever be like it was. I know that I was talking to one person that attends our Oklahoma City campus that him and, him and his wife are praying that he would receive a brand new kidney. That God would give him a brand new kidney. <laughs> A new kidney, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. How's God going to do that? And if you've lived long enough, you've had things pop up that you're just like, that's laughable. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And maybe it's something that you've waited on God to do for a very long time, and it just seems impossible. It seems laughable. Maybe you're drowning in debt, and the thought of being debt-free is laughable. Maybe your marriage has grown to a place where it seems broken and the thought of falling back in love with your spouse the way that you love them to begin your marriage seems laughable. Maybe the thought of your child giving their life to Jesus and living for Jesus again just seems crazy. It seems, maybe, maybe your business that's struggling, 
the thought of it becoming profitable again and expanding. Maybe you have a business deal coming up that just seems laughable. You're like, this is crazy. This is so far beyond. This is such a stretch for me. I don't know how God's going to do this. Maybe the thought of you starting a nonprofit, maybe the thought of you going into the ministry, maybe the thought of, I don't know what the thought is or what God spoke to you that just seems laughable. But I want to encourage you with something today that God showed me in Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. In this story, Abraham is about to hear a promise from the Lord that's laughable. And these three men appear to Abraham, and it comes to his attention pretty quickly that this is a divine encounter, that this is not three men, that these are, this is the Lord coming to visit him. And I want to pick up in verse 9, Genesis 18, verse 9. The Lord says, it says, this is, where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. And Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. You thought you had thin walls, like she can hear through these tent curtain walls. Verse 11, Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. And now I want you to catch this. And Sarah was long past the age of having children. It doesn't just say she was past it. It says she was long past it. Them ovaries have dried up. (laughs) They are now raisins. They are shriveled. There is nothing happening. I like the King James Version. The King James Version says it this way. You can always go back to the King James Version if you want some good entertainment. The King James Version says, It ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. It ceased. Ceased to be possible. This word ceased in the Hebrew means to come to an end, to stop. It means that it was completely and utterly ridiculous to even think that it was possible. It's ridiculous. This word after the manner, so it says after the manner of women. After the manner in Hebrew means path, road, way of living, or traveler. It means that that path is closed. That road has a roadblock up, and that is ridiculous to even begin to imagine that that would be possible. So go on to verse 12, the very next verse. Verse 12 says this, so she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? Especially when my master, my husband, is so old. She's like, I'm old, but he's like super old. (laughs) It'd be one thing for me, but Lord, have you seen my husband? Like, holy cow, this dude is shriveled up. Like, he is done. He's an old man. He is done, done, done. Done. (laughs) But the part that I want to point out to this is where it says that she laughed silently. When I read this, I was like, because you've heard of LOL, right? You've heard of LOL. What does LOL stand for? Thank you. Have you ever heard of LOI? Laugh on the inside. (laughs) It doesn't say that she was like, okay, yeah, sure. She was trying to just kind of eavesdrop, and so she was just like, okay, God, yeah. 
She laughed on the inside. Something on the inside happened. These, let me show you these two Hebrew words, these Hebrew words. So she laughed is the Hebrew word sahach, and it means to make sport, to mock, to make a toy of. And then it says within herself, which is the Hebrew word kereb, and it means inner part, a faculty of thought and emotion. So she thought about it. She didn't say a word. She thought how ridiculous that is. She laughed on the inside. Watch verse 13. Verse 13 says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? And why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Abraham must be like, What are you talking about? Sarah didn't laugh. Sarah's not even in the room. Abraham must have been like, I don't know. You're going to have to talk to her about that because I don't even know what you're talking about, Lord. The Lord asks Abraham, Why did your wife laugh? And this is the Lord's reply. Hasn't even, she, he hasn't even addressed Sarah yet, but this is what he told Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Whew. That makes me excited. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And he says, I'm going to come back here about a year from now, and Sarah will have a son. It's laughable. It's laughable. It's too big. It's too crazy. It's too much to, to hope for. And then this is the part that really got me. Verse 15. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it. She said, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. This says so much to me. It tells me that it's not only what I say with my faith, it's what I think with my faith. She's like, I didn't, what are you talking about? I didn't laugh. And the Lord's reply is, no, you did laugh. And then the story's over. It just goes on. They start talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, and like they shift gears, and you have no idea how that ended. But it spoke to me so profoundly, and it was almost like comical to me. That the Lord is like, oh, oh yeah, oh yes, you did laugh at me, like this correction. And you know, we've all gotten pretty good at faking it. You can fake it really good right now, especially with the mask on. Like you don't even have to smile anymore. Uh, but you can fake. You know, everybody, give me your best. I want to see this, Edmund. You too. Everybody, give me your best fake smile and nod. Come on, do it. Let me see you. Give me, a, give me a good fake smile. There they are, yeah. We, we've gotten pretty good at those. And we've even got, I'm like, I'm pretty good at this one too, the fake laugh. Do you have a fake laugh? First, let me hear your, your, your real laugh. Good laugh, just laugh. <laughs> Come on, give, show me a good laugh. I can hear Pastor Wade laughing from here. Have you heard Pastor Wade laugh? Pastor Wade's like, ah! That's Pastor Wade's laugh. It's awesome. But I've got a really good fake laugh. You guys have a fake laugh? My fake laugh's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me hear your fake laugh. Let me hear your fake one. That's a good one right there. That's, a good, that's only because we all know your real laugh. Because I can, there's the real one right there. You probably even heard that at Edmund. That one right there. We all know when he's not at church. Or when the pastor wasn't funny. 
I love it. And he always waits for everybody to stop laughing before he laughs. Okay, it's gonna, it's gonna be a minute. We're gonna have to wait. Uh huh. I don't know if you can hear that, Edmund, but if you can. There's another one coming, just wait for it. It's, he's not done yet. He's trying, he's everything in him, he's trying to hold it in. There it is. Just let it out, just let it out. It's all good. <laughs> oh, geez, we're never gonna recover. How much time do I have left? Okay, you gotta stop now because my time's going down fast. <laughs> oh, man. All right, here we go. Hold it together. But did you know that you can agree with something on the outside and disagree on the inside? I can even say something with my mouth and on the inside have such doubt and such fear, you know? And, and I think that in this story, this is what God's coming to address, not just in Sarah, but in all of us. And he wants to address our inner doubt. The thing, the, the vision that we're almost even afraid to tell people about, because it's so crazy. It's so big. It, it, it's, it's so laughable. And, you know, we've gotten to where we can smile on the outside and roll our eyes on the inside. And this is kind of what Sarah was doing whenever the Lord's like, you're going to have a child. And like on the inside, she's rolling her eyes like, oh, yeah, okay. But I want to stir your faith today. And I, I want to, you know, the, the question I was challenged by is why is God so concerned with what we do on the inside? Why does he care? As long as I'm saying it, why does it matter how I feel on the inside? Well, we all know that the Lord... Just like he, when it would come to choosing David as king, he said that you look at the outside, but I look at the heart. I want to see the inside of you. Because God always does his work in us and through us, not from the outside in, but he always does it from the inside out. And so the first place God's going to go when it comes to building your faith is he's going to start with the inside. He's going to start with your inner man, your inner woman, your inner person. And I, I found this verse, and I want to read it for you. This is why you can't fake it anymore. You can't just fake it. Fake it till you make it is not a thing in the kingdom. You've got to believe it on the inside. I love this verse. It's one that we all know. It's Ephesians 30, 20. And it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask according to his power that is at work within us. Now, the most important words in this to me for the context of this message is not his power. It's not the immeasurably more. It's the words according to. Because the words according to is really important because what it's saying is I can do immeasurably more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine, but it's according to something. This word according to in the Greek, it's the Greek word kata, and it means down from. It means that it's going to come, all the exceedingly abundantly more is going to come down from something. The thing that's going to come down from is his power, yes, that is at work within you. So the exceedingly and abundantly more, the more than we could ever ask, hope, or imagine, the, the laughable starts on the inside. It's a faith that God must build up here first. And then the faith that God builds up within you now bubbles up from out of you and becomes an outpouring of faith all around you. 
So God will always come to address our inner laughable first. He'll always come to say, what are you laughing at? Why is that so funny to you? Don't you think I can do it? That's what he said. Is the Lord's arm too short? So, I don't know what the future of Victory Church is yet, but I think God is about to do something, and I'm believing that God's going to do many of the things that I feel like he's placing in my heart. Here's my one request. Over the next months, years, however long it is, my only request to you is when I share the vision, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't even laugh on the inside. And here's my other challenge to you. When you begin to sense something brewing in you for your marriage and for your business and for your kids and for your finances, don't laugh. Let's learn from Sarah. Don't laugh. Don't laugh at it. God's about to do something great. Let me show you something else. Let's go back in verse 14. Verse 14, this is what the Lord said to Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, this isn't the only time that the Lord came to address something like this. He, he talked to Moses about this. You remember when he told Moses? When Moses was like, hey, all these people are sick of bread, Lord, and they want some meat. And he's like, well, then I'm going to give you some meat. And he started saying, God, this is impossible. How are you going to feed millions of people meat? And, and the Lord replied to him in Numbers 11, 23. Then it says, the Lord answered him and said, is the Lord's arm too short? Is the Lord's arm too short? He said it again in the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. It says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. And can I tell you something? He declared this word throughout the scriptures, and he's declaring it over your life today. Is the Lord's arm too short? Is the Lord's arm too short? He's here. He's working through us. He's working through this church. If we will stop seeing it as we're just thankful that we survived, Lord, thank you for allowing us to survive. No, I want, I want God to do the laughable. I want him to achieve the laughable in all of us. And let me close with this in verse 14. In verse 14, the Lord said, I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. And I think it's interesting that every year on this same weekend, we do the State of the Church Address. And I think it's about time that we stop laughing at the dream and laughing at what we think God can do in us. And we start clinging to this word that says, you come back here a year from now. You come back here. You, the marriage you're believing to be healed, you come back here a year from now and let's see what God can do. The struggle in your business that you can't seem to get over, you can't seem to get over the hump, come back here a year from now and let's not see what God can do with the laughable. If we will begin to trust, if we will begin to believe, if we will begin to have the faith for what God wants to do. And I want to show you something that happened. I want to fast forward a year in this story, okay? Go with me a few chapters ahead in Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. Genesis 21, it says, now the Lord was gracious It's not in my notes, but that's the key, isn't it? 
for the laughable to become the reality, it just requires a little bit of grace. God become gracious and says, the Lord was gracious to Sarah and she had a son and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. And Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. Now I want you to know the definition, the meaning of the word Isaac in Hebrew means he will laugh. He will rejoice. And what God was trying to tell both Sarah and Abraham through this, through this series and this process is if you'll believe me for the laughable, I'll bring joy. You may laugh and doubt, but if you'll follow me and believe in me, you will laugh in rejoicing. And Isaac became this thing. Isaac became the very thing that they doubted. In Genesis chapter 21, verse 6, this was Sarah's response. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about it will laugh with me. Isn't that awesome? That once she laughed on the inside, and now because of her faith in the Lord, now she was laughing on the outside with joy and rejoicing. And I don't know what feels laughable to you, whether you're waiting for a kidney, whether you're waiting for a financial uh, blessing, whether you're waiting for your marriage to be healed, whether you're waiting for your business, whether you're waiting for that little small voice that you keep feeling like God's about to do something great, but you don't know what it is. Stop laughing about it on the inside and start believing for it on the inside. I love this, this, this phrase that I want to share with you. And if I could take this whole series of available and wrap it up in one sentence to put a end cap on this whole series. I love this quote. It says, those who place everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. And really, that's what this series has been all about. God, I'm available to you, and you get everything. You get everything. And I believe that if we live our lives this way, we'll eventually wake up, and you'll begin to see God's hand in everything because you gave everything to him. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church/give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.